Listen up or run for cover. Dropping knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. The, the real Bradley Bombs is dropping. What it is, Bradley, back again with another episode of Dropping Bombs. Today in the studio, folks, I've got an actual treat for you. I know I always say I've got a real treat for you, but today I've got an actual treat. Tommy Laren is in the studio or virtually in the studio. What's happening, Tommy? Oh, and you guys are in Las Vegas. And you know that I spent four years in Las Vegas. I went to UNLV. So I feel like I'm somewhat there with you. I saw that on your wiki. Now, here's my question. For folks listening, if you don't know Tommy Laren, you're nuts. Um, you better go follow her right now, by the way, at Tommy Laren, T-O-M-I-L-A-H-R-E-N. If you follow me, you're going to like her. I know you do because I like what she has to say. I don't know. I think you got in trouble or you got fired or you got in trouble somehow at some point in time because you said um, you were pro-abortion. Not pro-abortion, but you basically said women should have the right, right? I said I'm pro-choice and that I believe in limited government. So I think that that's where that area always gets so sticky. And I was fired from my job at the blaze. And then we had a whole lawsuit of back and forth. But basically my concept as a conservative is I think that the less government, the better. I believe in the most personal freedom. Doesn't mean you're pro-abortion, but it means if the government's not effective in that role, they shouldn't be in it. And that's how I believe when it comes to same-sex marriage, issues of pro-choice, pro-life, and about everything else, as little government as possible. They tend to uh, mess things up far more than they solve problems. Yeah, well, that's why I'm glad you're on the show because me and you can go back and forth and 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 literally discuss these things because as I hear you point them out, I'm always thinking to myself, yeah, yeah. Because again, like we'll, we'll stay off some of the subjects that might get you in trouble. They won't get me in trouble because you know I'm not uh, connected to any network, but you do have... You're kind of a commentator right now, not kind of your commentator for Fox News. Yeah. Yeah. And I do a kind of exclusively digital platform for Fox Nation. So people are used to my final thoughts. They're now on Fox Nation. And then I circulate them on my social media as well. And I'm no stranger to controversy. I think that's abundantly clear. So I'm I'm used to getting in trouble. That's why when you asked the time that I got in trouble, it's like, well, what week was it? Because I'm I'm always in a little bit of hot water from the left, the right, the middle, but that's kind of where I like to be. Nor do you back down, which I like. Where do you think that came from? I think that we get ourselves into a problem. We start apologizing for things that we should never apologize for. And I think that that's why you saw the rise of Donald Trump, because unlike every other conservative, he refused to back down. He refused to apologize. and Instead, he doubled down. And to me, that's a mark of authenticity. And that's what I've always wanted to be. So I was kind of raised that way and say what you mean, mean what you say. If you do mess up, Go ahead and apologize, but never back down when you know you're right. Now, have you always been this way? I have always been this way. <laughs> my, I'm an only child. My parents have kind of been dealing with this from a very young age. I've always loved politics. It was always something that I wanted to talk about. And not a lot of young people, you know, especially back 15 years ago, wanted to really talk about politics. But it's always been interesting to me. And I've always had an opinion. Even at a young age, you grew up in, I think, Rapid City, South Dakota. South Dakota, middle America, that's you know, kind of the home of the forgotten American in the middle of this country that's so long been ignored. 
And I really wanted to be a voice for those people and just tell it like it was from a perspective that didn't come from the coasts, didn't come from big cities, just came from average people who for too long were left out of the conversation. I felt like I had a big mouth and I feel like I got to articulate the perspective well enough. And I think that's why I'm able to be where I am is I kind of just give it to you straight. Yeah, you say it like it is. That's why I like you. Again, I told you, my wife follows you and and like loves you. I don't know why. I'll ask her later. I mean, I do know why, but I mean, you know, you're tough and you're cool and all that. But like she said, I think when I said, I'll reach out to her, she said, I said, what do you like her so much for? She said, because she says all the shit I want to say, but would never and I said, why? Why wouldn't you? See, that's what I like about you. Like, you're not afraid to say shit. That's, that's, if more no. people did that, they would be a, farther ahead in life. Too many people are worried about other people's opinions and not enough people stand up for their own. Well, in politics, I think that the left is pretty comfortable with their opinions and Democrats are pretty comfortable putting what they think out there and then shaming conservatives into shutting up. And that to me is what's so frustrating is, you know, they can have the loudest mouths, they can be on Twitter, keyboard warriors, but then as soon as a conservative challenges them, and as soon as a conservative stands up and refuses to back down, then all of a sudden, that's when they get super triggered, the little snowflakes, but I refuse to do that. And I think if more conservatives would adopt that, that mentality, then the better off we would be. And we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be in the situation we are in right now, where people are getting canceled for not posting black BLM boxes. I mean, this is the summer of taking a lesson from Everything that's gone on is if you apologize, you cower in the corner, your country burns like Portland. I don't think any of us want that. So it's time to stop cowering in the corner and being afraid to offend somebody because the left sure as hell isn't. That's what I'm talking about. Dude, I mean, not dude, Tommy, I totally agree with that. You know, it's funny because I put a black box up, but not because I'm a BLM movement guy, because somebody texted me and said, I guess you're supposed to put a black box up if you agree with ending racism, which I do. I'm like, okay, cool. So I put a black box up. Then I had a bunch of people hating that I put the black box up. And then a bunch of people, it's like, you can't win on either side, it seems. So it's almost like you have to pick a side. And it's to me, the the BLM movement, the group, I'm not necessarily for a group. For a group. I'm for ending racism from from black to Mexican. I got Mexican buddy up here visiting me right now, dude. He he gets racism. You know, wh- to me, I put the black box up because I thought it meant end racism. What do you think BLM actually stands for? The group or ending? Obviously, you don't want to not re- end racism, correct? Oh, of course not. I mean, that to me, it, you can stand for equality and you can stand for having a conversation in this country about race relations and racism. But when you have a movement like BLM whose agenda is very clear, defund the police. And if we don't get what we want, we're going to burn and loot until we get it. That is the movement. And unfortunately, the movement and the organization has not condemned looting, rioting, burning, violence. They have not condemned any of those things. In fact, they're pushing defund the police. And for me, I'm, I just can't sit here and say I'm a fan of defunding the police. I happen to be one of the biggest supporters of law and order and law enforcement that probably sits in this country right now. And I think that that's where the conversation also needs to go is do we want and does the movement want equality or do they want special treatment? Because you can't really have both. So let's all come together as Americans. We've got our country being ravaged right now by a pandemic by an economy that was so so prosperous and now has fallen and so many people out of work. 
So to me, the time is not to be dividing ourselves into special interest groups and bickering between who has more privilege. It's a time to come together, get back to work and get this country back together. And I don't see the Marxist BLM movement being a fan of that. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be. Let me ask you a question. How come Trump doesn't handle this? Like, let's put it this way. The president's really not in control, is he? Not not Trump per yeah. se as an individual, but the presidency. They're not in control as people think. You'd think the presidency runs shit. Like, who runs the CDC? Who does the CDC answer to? Right. Well, I think that our president has been put in a very difficult position. And I think every time that he does come out and he tries to stand up and say, we need to reopen our economy, get Americans back to work again, just like the rest of us conservatives, he's shamed in, into saying that, you know, he wants the elderly to die, which that's where it's so frustrating with this conversation is you can say that you want the vulnerable to be protected. You can say that you want to flatten the curve like we were supposed to do for two weeks in March. And you can also say, I think Americans need to get back to work. And this isn't a one dimensional issue. And so many people are suffering right now from having their livelihoods being ripped from them with arbitrary rules, restrictions and infringements. You can say both of those things and, and have a, a complex discussion about it. But the problem is, is that the left just shuts it down. So I think this president's in a difficult spot. He's coming up for re-election in November, and he knows how the media treats him. He knows how the left treats him, the Democrats treat him, the fake news media treats him. So he's in this tough spot where I think he wants to do when his gut, what he knows he wants to say, but he's been backed into a corner in a way. And I wish our president would get more vocal and more tough on a lot of these things. So do but, I. you know, he's got, I think he's got a lot of people in his camp that are telling him to just take it easy because we've got an election coming up. And if we lose that one, I don't know what's going to happen to this country, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, me either. And, you know, you know a lot more about politics than I do. I try to, but I try to not pay attention to it till most recent years, which is my fault. But like, I'm under the understanding, or at least the belief, that our vote doesn't necessarily count. Is that true or untrue? I think it's untrue in a way. Um, I know that there's been a lot of talk in this country about voter fraud and mail-in voting, and you know how the Democrats are really pushing for that. Come November, they want to get those mail-in ballots and make sure that every state has them. Model them after California. I spent three years in California investigating a lot of what's happening with the voter fraud and the mail-in ballots. And I tell you, that's the model that they want to spread across this country. And that's terrifying and horrifying to think. And it's also the prospect is, is coming very close to us not having a victor for months and months and months, given the, the issues we're going to have with mail-in voting. So, you know, that, that bothers me a lot. I think Americans do need to be worried about their vote counting. If we open the door to fraud, there's no going back. Yeah, but do you think it actually counts? What about the Electoral College? There's only 538 people that actually vote, and that's why they need 270 of those. Those, let's call them representatives or electors, they don't have to vote the way the majority votes. Is that right? They don't, but there have been very few instances in, in our history where that's actually happened. But where people feel like their vote doesn't count, I would say take a look at a lot of places like conservative Tennessee, for example. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. You'd think that Nashville would be a red spot. You'd think it would be a conservative haven. It's not. It's turned blue. Same thing with Dallas. Same thing with states like Colorado, who are purple. Same things with places like Arizona that used to be solid red, now purple. So your vote has a, has a, a plays a big part in the shape and the makeup of your state. We've also got Californians and New Yorkers fleeing to what used to be conservative states and bringing their liberal mentalities right along with them. So people feel like their vote doesn't count. Just look at what the influx of liberals have done to a lot of conservative states. 
make sure you get out there and vote and vote in person. If you can loot in person, you can vote in person. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just crazy when I think about how can the left think the way they think how like you and I are on the same page with a lot of things. Why is it? And my friends and people that I know, you know, just normal people. I don't understand how the left can just hate, like, for example, hate Trump so badly that they would vote for Kamala or Kamala and Joe. How, how is it pot? Like Tommy, if, if those two win, I swear to you, I know a lot of people threaten this. I swear to you, if those two win, I'm going to try and figure out a place outside the United States I can live. Do you know of any? The sad part is, well, for me, just to that point, the sad part is, is that I think about that. And I think a lot of conservatives think about that as well. But to abandon this country, there's really nowhere else to go. This is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. We have to make sure we're standing up and we're defending it and we're defending those values of freedom. But the reason I think that so many people would go and and vote for Joe or for Kamala, um, not only because they've been told that they hate Donald Trump, but as they are so misinformed and all they get, they get their information from Twitter, from Instagram, from their friends who are uneducated on the issues. And they are told that Trump's a racist, that Trump is hateful, that he's intolerant, that he's a bigot. They're told that President Trump is the reason we've had deaths from coronavirus. And if you watch the fake news mainstream media and you take in what the Twitter warriors are saying, you almost believe it. It's a subtle brainwashing. And then add to that the folks that are in college and they're being indoctrinated by liberals day in and day out. And you've got a lot of people that would actually vote for Joe and and Kamala. And you got to look at this country and say, what are we doing wrong, especially with our youth? Well, that's what I want to find out. <clears throat> that's what I want to drill into. Like, what should people do? How how do you and I and my friends all see what seems to be pretty evident? Like, this is this is not rocket science. Trump Trump lowered taxes, fact or no? Oh, fact. For eighty percent of Americans, got a tax break because of President Trump. Bring and, and I'm talking about uh, the 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 left too. Because again, I have a couple of family members that are a little bit on the left side of things. Um, vegan, you know, the type that'll, that'll argue over anything. So I I said, did your, did your taxes not lower? Yes or no? Yes. I asked my wealthier friends. Yes. I asked business owners. Yes. Taxes got lowered period. End of conversation. How do you, how do you spin that to a bad thing? How is the unemployment so low? I'm sure you have stats because you do research. What are some stats that Trump has actually accomplished that you can look up? Well, we're looking at the economy pre-coronavirus and we're looking at lowest unemployment in African-Americans, Asian-Americans, women, the low unemployment, historic low unemployment. And we saw an economy in a stock market that was doing exceptionally well. We saw our president renegotiating trade deals to fight for our intellectual property rights, to fight against what the Chinese have been doing and manipulating their currency and, and other things. You saw this president get tough on a lot of those. We also saw our president on the international stage saying that other nations need to pull their weight, saying we're going to put America and Americans first, saying we're not going to have an influx of illegal immigrations that are going to illegal immigrants that are going to suppress our wages. But the problem that happened is I watched all those Democratic debates. And that's the one thing that none of those Democrats could get beyond get beyond is that the economy was doing well. Then what do you have now? You have coronavirus. You have Democratic governors and especially Democratic mayors who are saying we want to keep 
the restrictions for as long as possible. We want to have these arbitrary little restrictions like curfews and 25 person capacity for bars and name it. They've done it because they want to make sure that Trump doesn't get credit for the amazing economy that he had. And you have to look to your leaders and say, why are you doing this? Why don't you want the American people to get back to work? Why don't you want to have historic low unemployment again? The question is, is it all in their court on that one. Is that why you moved to Nashville? Because it's kind of conservative? Well, you know, I moved out of Los Angeles because I wasn't going to pay a state income tax the state of California that supports sanctuary cities, that has a booming homeless problem that they don't feel they need to address, that is a place that restricts and ties the hand of law enforcement. So you have you know, very little law and order. You have crime reclassification that allows people to have no bail, commit crimes, go in jail for a day, get back out, recommit, steal $950, have it classified as a misdemeanor. I mean, the state of California really should be a cautionary tale for the rest of this country. So I came to Tennessee, so I wasn't going to support that anymore. But we've got our own battles to fight here. Like I said, we have a Democratic mayor that's destroying our city and raised our property taxes 34% unheard of just a couple months ago after having coronavirus lockdowns and restrictions, after encouraging BLM protests that led to a spike in COVID cases. Of course, they'll never admit that. But you have to hold these Democrats accountable because they're doing this to this country. Do you get a lot of whack jobs like trying to stalk you? <laughs> uh, you know, some fans, some not. It's kind of something I've always dealt with. But, you know, I always had to have my head on a swivel because when you say the things that I say and you stand up for yourself, there's a lot of people that think that they have a moral obligation to take you out. So that's something I've been living with since I was 21 years old. And it's become a way of life for me now. Well, at 21, I read a story that you were, that you went in to just kind of be an intern somewhere. And the dude said, how about your own show? And then boom, you, you got your own show. Yeah. You know, I went into one American news. I had hosted a roundtable show at UNLV in Las Vegas, and I just wanted to have an internship at a new conservative news network called one American news based in San Diego. And I went in and we had a great talk about politics and it was during the Obama presidency. I had a lot to say. And he said, well, you know, we don't really take interns, but it sounds like you could host a show. And when you come in at a startup network and you are confident in yourself and you know, your, you know, your politics and you know, your issues, you get opportunities like that. So I was uh, blessed to have that opportunity and started, you know, hit the ground running from there. Yeah. And then you blew up. You got like what? A couple million followers on, on at least Instagram where I looked you up. So you got a lot of people that know who you are. I'm just curious if there's any like stalkers and whack jobs that are like trying to find out where you live and, and you know, like just weirdos that you have to deal with. Like, do you need security oh. or no? Uh, you know, I, I've always had to be cautious of that. I've had a couple incidents. So, you know, I had a man show up at my house in California who uh, convinced himself that I had invited him to come hang out and he brought a ring and he refused to leave. And, you know, the cops had to be called, but you know, far more than that, I, in California, I went to the police station about four times for credible threats. So I'm far more concerned about the credible threats than I am the obsessed stalkers, but I've seen, I've kind of seen it all at this point. Tell me what defunding police actually means. Defunding police means taking money away from police departments and reallocating it into, I don't know, for every community it's different. They want to reallocate it into underserved communities or they want to reallocate it into 
community policing that someone that has really no authority, really no jurisdiction, but just kind of comes in to give you a, you know, a nice little touchy feeling moment. I, I don't know what they think that's going to do, but what? that's what they mean in a lot of cases by defining the police, taking money and resources away from police departments and reallocating it into some touchy feely BS. Yeah. Now, if they defund a police department, would it be fair to say that there wouldn't be any police or there'll still be some, just a lot fewer? Well, I ask people this that wants policing to be improved. And that's a conversation that can be had. But I ask them, you think that police officers need more training and more resources to be able to make better and quicker decisions on their feet out on duty? Well, defunding the police isn't going to do that. If anything, we need to fund the police, make sure they have the best training, make sure we're attracting the best, the brightest people on the force. Because what you're going to start to see when you start demonizing police, start defunding them, you start having this hate campaign towards anyone that puts on a badge and uniform, then you're not going to get the cream of the crop anymore. Why would anyone want to do that job for little pay, horrible hours, and to be completely demonized by the mainstream media and by half of this country? You're not going to get the good upstanding people anymore. You're going to start to get the bottom of the barrel. So for people that want to see policing improved and they want to see better community relations, defunding the police is only going to worsen your problem. Yeah, amen. I'm, 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 I'm curious, if you don't want more police or better trained police or police with better resources, it kind of makes me already question you as a person. Anybody that I oh, Absolutely. Yeah, anybody that I've ever met that like doesn't want the police around are because they're doing sneaky shit. Like what? 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 You- well, there's an there's an aversion by a lot of people in this country to any sense of law and order, and some people feel because they have been told by professors, they've been told by the mainstream media, they've been told by the Democrats that anything that they do in their life is not their fault. It's because somebody oppressed them. It's because somebody else is more privileged. It's because they are a victim of the system. They are a victim of you name it. And they have grown up with that mentality. Police are bad. Authority is bad. Nothing is my fault. If my life isn't the way I want it to be. It's someone else's fault. Now, listen, there are a lot of people in this country that have grown up under really difficult situations and circumstances, and I would never take that away from them. But making them feel as though they're a victim instead of empowering them and telling them that they really control their own fate and destiny, you're not empowering anybody. You're keeping them down here. And that's my belief that the Democrats want to keep, especially minority communities, down here under the thumb voting the way that they want them to vote but not really empowering them and really aspiring inspiring them to reach their true potential and that's why you've got people that feel like they don't need to follow the laws because why should they they're not they're entitled to do whatever the hell they want did your parents teach you that growing up my parents taught me to have respect for people that serve and, and sacrifice on my behalf they taught me to respect my elders they taught me to respect authority you know, it's funny that that's not really being taught anymore. Uh, I feel bad for this country and I feel bad for the kids that are growing up in this country that aren't being taught that and are learning their basic values from TikTok. That's horrifying to me. Yeah, like I got lambasted. I have a little bit of a following and I got lambasted when I said, you know, we quit spanking our kids and then the whole world went to shit. Like when I was a little kid, I got my ass spanked. Now, I'm not saying you know, you, you, you have to spank ass. Cause I know people that were, that were talked to by their parents, but my parents were the kind that just beat your ass. And I said, you know, uh, it kind of in a random conversation, you know, I think, you know, when, when kids misbehave, you know, ultimately a swat on the ass settles it and nobody does that anymore. You'll go to jail. If you hit your kids, what do you think of that? 
Well, I think that there is just a basic lack of respect because there's no consequences. And I think that even goes beyond parenting. That just goes into this country in general. There's been a lack of consequences for actions that are unacceptable and intolerable. But that is a generation, you know, my generation, the generation after me, that's how they're growing up. Everyone gets a trophy. Nothing is your fault. Everyone dances around you. You're entitled to everything. And then people wonder when that grows up, what do you get? You get 2020, you get Portland, you get Seattle, you get the mess that's happening in our streets. You know, there has to be consequences and repercussions for people's actions. Unfortunately, there's an entire political party who doesn't seem to believe in that anymore. Well, that's what's scary to me because it's not the, it's not these hoodlums in the street protesting. Because I think if you ask me, you know, somebody's young, you know, foolish, not really mature. They see a bunch of people allowed to be in the streets, throwing rocks, looting shit, grabbing sneakers. They're just going to follow the masses, but they're not really the same people that are defunding police. What scares me is the commissioners and the, you know, who the actual people, the politicians that have been elected locally are the ones doing it. And that's what's scary. Oh, a lot of people in the streets are being used as pawns and they don't understand it. They're, they're being used as pawns and they've been told to spread this anarchy. I mean, we saw it, with the mass riots that we had for weeks. And then now they've continued in in places across this country. And that's what happens when you lock people in for so long and you restrict them and you take away their rights. And then you say, have a free for all. Then you get what we got in this country after the death of George Floyd. And you saw a lot of people who claimed to be protesting in the name of justice with a giant grin on their face as they were looting TVs from Target. And that was being called acceptable by so many people. And it's not. And the fact that we've gotten to the point in this country where that is what justice is supposed to be, that's what civil rights looks like, is truly twisted and demented. Well, if you've got a mayor or a governor telling the police to stand down, shouldn't shouldn't and couldn't they be recalled instantly? They should be. But the problem is, is nobody wants to get politically active. They're fine going in the street with a stupid sign that they made with their Sharpie and feeling they've done something. But so many people in this country don't want to actually get politically active and they don't want to find a solution. They want to complain about things. I worked really hard to recall our mayor here in Nashville and we're going to try to do it again. But the problem is, is so many people have become so complacent and a lot of conservatives have have as well. They see that we've elected Donald Trump and look at Joe Biden and say, no way that this fool gets elected. But the problem is we sit back, we wait, and we watch, and the whole country is going to look like Portland. It is not overdramatic to say that. Look around. Would anyone think we would be here this summer? No, but it's happening. It's happening every day. What, where were you when you heard of the whole COVID thing? Oh, uh, I, was in, I was in LA. But you oh. know, the funny thing about this is I remember being on a plane to Miami going to cover uh, Border Patrol and protecting the Super Bowl. So I was on my way to Miami and I remember then this was all breaking out in Wuhan, China. And I remember thinking, cut off travel from China, do it fast, do it now. We know that this is where this is coming from, cut off travel. And our president did act swiftly. I would have preferred he acted even faster than he did, but he swiftly acted and cut off travel from China. And then what did he do? We had a hot spot in Europe and Italy. And what did he do? He cut travel off there. And what did they call him? They called him a bigot and a racist. And now they turn around and say coronavirus is his fault. And people believe it. That's what the fake news media can do to this country. And it's disgusting. What do you think people can do, though, Tommy? Like, to me, it's whoever owns the media owns the narrative. That's the problem. Not even just who owns the media, but who owns big tech. That's something that really we need to be taking very seriously is 
Google, Facebook, Instagram, all these tech platforms and their control and their censorship and their algorithms and their shadow banning and their control of the message is really concerning. And, you know, if you ask me, and I've talked about this to several people who are a lot smarter than me, they need to be broken up. These monopolies need to be broken up because the control that they have over our information is truly terrifying. It is. And, and what's crazy is like they control who you hear from and who you don't hear from. You know what I mean? Ultimately, they will hear, you will hear what they want you to hear. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And, and you just look at when you Google, Google things, what's the first thing that pops up in your search engine optimization? What's the information that pops up? How hard you have to find a thought that is conservative and, and fairly conservative, not demonizing conservatives. It's rather difficult. And people don't work that hard to find the information anymore. So they just, they take what they're being fed and they believe it is fact. Uh, luckily, we haven't had a, as much air travel in this country, so people haven't been subjected to CNN while they sit in the airport on our layovers. But that stuff, to me, is mind poison, and it's brainwashing. What do you think of these masks? <laughs> Listen, I know that there's a lot of people that feel better having people wear masks, and there are some masks that are obviously effective, but I would look at people that think that tying a bandana around their mouth is saving anybody when you've got a virus that is so small that the way it moves through the air. Personally, uh, I've read the back of a lot of these masks that are being sold in Target and elsewhere, and they have a disclaimer on the back that they don't stop virus or anything contagious. So, you know, if it makes people feel better, I guess that's the place we are in this country that, you know, uh, feelings over facts, maybe. If I ran into Tommy Laren at a, at a honky tonk in Nashville, would she have a mask on? Well, you know, that's the interesting thing. We have a mask mandate here in Nashville. Um, if I have to be out and res- I respect establishments. That, that's the thing I will say. There's been a lot of discrepancy over this whole mask issue. And for me, when an establishment, a business says mask required, that's their, that's their right to tell me that if I walk into their establishment that they own, that I must wear a mask. When my mayor tells me that I must wear a mask and we look at it and we see how many masks are actually factually ineffective that's an infringement to me and i don't like it so i'll wear a mask when i go into an establishment but it's a that's a hard one it's a tough one and again if you don't wear a mask you're demonized if you if you question masks you're demonized and you're told that you want people to die that's where this conversation has gone in this country and it's very sad aren't the death rates steady or dropping if anything Oh, they are. Oh, absolutely. They are. This whole flatten the curve thing. The curve has been flattened. Now all you're doing is flattening Americans here in Nashville. We've had cases go on the decline for weeks now, but we still have a mayor that's come out and said we have a 1030 p.m. curfew and bars can be open now, but they can only have 25 people in them. Boy, that to me sounds like, you know, a bar is not going to make any money and they're not going to justify opening their doors for that. Nobody can even go to work and justify the gas it took them to get there for a capacity limit of 25 people. But it's our mayor thinking that he, he's fooled people into thinking that he has somehow eased a restriction. No, he hasn't. He's actually caused more problems for these bars and these restaurants. But they're not people are not being held accountable for the infringements that they're placing on people. And it's, to me, that's the worst thing that can happen. So, so tell my... I call my listeners, by the way, the bomb squad. Tell the bomb squad, Tommy, what they can do to basically stop this shit. Because to me, it's like, you, 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 
I know people that will gather. I know people that will protest. I know people that will do things. But what does it take? Because it's not a protest, in my opinion. You can sit up there with your fucking signs and, and, and have 7 million people saying, recall so-and-so. But, but how do you actually do it? Because that doesn't work, does it? Well, we were actually had a great effort to recall our mayor here. So it's doable. But for me, for those bars and those businesses that are being restricted and they're saying, we need to open up. Our livelihoods are at stake here. We're losing everything. People are losing everything. Look at the skyrocketing suicide rates. We already had an opioid epidemic in this country. Look at addiction. Look at domestic violence. Look at kids that are not going to be able to go back to school. Look at people that were counting on those sports scholarships or they were counting on after school programs to really get them by. That the only meal that they had that day is when they went to school. Look at all these other issues and start standing up and speaking up. That's the one thing that people can do, even if they're not politically active, even if they don't want to go out and sign a petition. What you can do is if you think something's, something is wrong here, you can stand up and you can speak up and you can stop being so scared to offend somebody. Stand up and say it's time to reopen America. I, I point a lot of times to Shelley Luther in Dallas, Texas. This was a couple months ago, but she was a salon owner that said, no, I am reopening. And they took her to jail and they were going to sentence her. And what happened because of that? Because of the outcry, because of the media attention, governor, the governor of Texas had to take a look and say, you know what? You're right. Maybe we need to ease restrictions. Maybe we need to allow salons to reopen. And that was one woman with one salon in Dallas, Texas. Now, imagine if some of these other bars and restaurants in Nashville, in California, elsewhere stood up and said, you know what? This is wrong. And we are not going to do this anymore. And if you want to shut us down and you want to come and arrest us, Come do it. Let's have the conversation. Because if you don't bring them to the table and you don't cause some kind of a headline or a stir, then this is going to continue on for months and months and months, if not years. And I don't think that anybody in this country can weather that storm. If Trump gets elected again, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to continue this shit? I would hope not. Uh, I would. I think a lot of this, a lot of the conversation around this, at least, now let's take the, the science and the health aside, the conversation around coronavirus is going to change exponentially after November 3rd. I think you're going to see a big shift no matter who wins. I think you're going to see a shift. But I hope that our president stands up and says, regardless, if it's leading up to the election or right after the election, which I am confident he is going to win, that we need to reopen America. And it is time. And I hope that he tells these governors and these mayors who have been on their power trips and crusades for too long, acting like little mini dictators. He tells them enough is enough. America first. I'm standing up for the American people and I'm going to come in and I'm going to step in and make sure the American people are able to get back to work. And that's what I hope to see from our president. See, why doesn't he do that now? To me, I think there's a lot of people that I think it's referred to as the silent majority, meaning there's a lot of people not saying shit that agree with me and you agree with what you just said. A lot of people might think they're left because they don't talk and they're not out there running their freaking agendas and, and, and holding up their signs, but they think the same way. Cause again, to me, I think if Trump came out and said that prior to, it would guarantee his reelection. You think he's not saying it now? Like, what can he do then that he can't do now? I think that he would be wise to come out and get strong and get tough. I mean, let's remember what he won the 2016 election on. Build the wall. People, oh, you're racist. Oh, you're this. You don't like immigrants. You're, you're all this and the other. He No, he said, no, build the wall. America first. But I think, quite honestly, I think that there's a lot of people around this president that discourage him from being himself. Can you text uh, I think Jared Kushner, Jared Kushner is one of them, unfortunately. And I think he's being cautioned and he's being told to pipe down, 
to be less of himself, to not say anything too controversial. And I think that they're doing a great disservice to this president and his reelection, because I do think the silent majority is ready for their leader to come back and tell it like it is and not back down and say, reopen America, get us back to work. I think if he does that, he wins hands down. But a lot of people around him who are discouraging him from being himself. Can't you text him? Can't you text the old Donald? <laughs> I wish I could. You know, I try through my final thoughts. I try to get this president. But the problem is, too, is there are so many people in this country that believe what they see on CNN, that believe that this president created coronavirus. I mean, they have got that in their mind, and they, they're, they're believing that. They're not looking at Cuomo and what happened with the nursing, home, nursing homes in New York. They're not looking at all that debacle and so many people that have actual blood on their hands. They're, they've been taught to demonize this president, and they believe it. And nothing that you can do will change their minds. And that's the unfortunate part. That's why the silent majority really does need to get to work in this country because some people are unsavable. So let's get out and make sure that the ones that are savable are inspired. And when you say let's get out, that's what I'm trying to unpack because what does it mean? Like, dude, I would show up somewhere if I thought it would work. In other words, man, you can recall this governor or this mayor simply by getting this many people to sign something and which would cause an automatic revote or reelection emergency reelection or is it you're you're fucked until they're until they're out i think you need to make them nervous i think that's what we did here in nashville and we're about to do it again what you need you to let do? your leaders know that they are not invincible you need to let them know that there are people that are angry and people like me with a platform i do everything i can to try to get people to get out and stand up and speak up but even for those like i told you even people that don't want to get politically active they don't want to stand up there with a the sign they don't want to show up to a a protest they don't want to do any of that that is fine but for the love of God, stop cowering in the corner and, and being scared to say your opinion. If you believe this country needs to reopen up, get out there. These liberals have been dominating the conversation for too long, and it's because we haven't said anything. It's because the silent majority is silent. Now is the time. Speak up, and you'll find so many people will follow your lead. But it, we have to take some, some, some of this fall for ourselves here. We've allowed this to happen. We have just sat there and shut up and apologized and been scared to offend anybody. And we've gotten ourselves into this position and we've pushed ourselves into the corner and it is time to stop doing this. So, so should people email somebody, write a letter, show up? Yeah, I get even so, so much is going on. You, you, we see all this trash on Facebook from these liberals and they want to cancel everybody. It's time for conservatives to get active on social media. It's time for them to start telling their friends and speaking the truth and saying, you know what? This country needs to get back to work. That is as simple as it sounds and as small as it sounds. That is what the left has done. And they have been able to dominate the narrative because they feel they have those strength in numbers. We have the numbers. We don't have the voice. Get a voice. Find it. Get loud. People say, you know, I don't want to post on social media that I support law enforcement. Stop that. I don't want to post on social media that my business is failing, that I've built and I've had passed down generation, generation, it's now probably going to have to close its doors. I don't want to say anything because I don't want anyone to tell me that. No, stop. It's small, but the impacts are huge when it comes in a wave of huge numbers. So that's a very simple thing people can start doing. And now is the time. Those bombs drop when people should listen up, folks. I'm telling you. And the only reason I keep poking is because a lot of people ask me, you know, what, what am I to do? And I'm like, well, listen, I'm not a, I'm not an expert at what can get governors recalled. I know that like speaking up and making it known is, is kind of, you know, the only, the only thing I would know to do, but I just don't know where to do it. Social media. What if they ban you shadow ban you? Listen, I, I talk about 5g sometimes only because I, I know doctors, cellular doctors say that shit's going to hurt you. 
And and so I talk about it and all of a sudden I'd go from I go from getting a thousand or you know, two thousand new followers a week to like losing followers. They literally don't let my content out. And I don't know why that is, but again, if 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 social media is not really the place to do it, where else could someone go? That's the hard part. And that's why we talked about breaking up these big tech companies. That's how that's what I hope this president, when he is reelected. I'm very confident he will be. I hope that's one of the first things he looks at is breaking up these big tech companies and holding them accountable and holding them responsible for what they've done. Because you're exactly right. When the media is being controlled, the social media is being controlled, the tech companies are being controlled by one voice, you do have a problem. And it is it is an uphill battle and it is not easy. So that's why I hope our president tackles that in his first days in his next term. I hope that that's something he takes very seriously because it's going to be a problem that you can't kick down the road. We got to address it. The sooner, the better. You've heard of Q? Yeah. QAnon, those guys. What's your thoughts on there? You know, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. I'm not one of those people that likes to live on the fringe. I mean, I think that there's some truth to some things and other things are just complete bogus BS. Uh, the problem is once you start talking and those people immediately discredit you and, and for some reason, for good reason. Um, but I don't really like conspiracy theories. To me, it's very simple. You've got two competing notions in this country. You've got freedom and you've got control. You've got higher taxes. You've got lower taxes. You have got government infringements and you have got personal freedom and liberty. And the American people have to make a choice. Oh, and by the way, before the choice was capitalism or socialism. Now the left has taken it so far that they're giving us a real simple choice. Capitalism or Marxism. Make your choice, America. And also, to those people out there who don't know what communism, Marxism, and socialism is, I highly recommend they take this time in their quarantine to crack a book and figure out what it is because you don't want it. And if anyone is confused as if they want it or not, take a look at freaking Venezuela and tell me if people are fleeing to it or from it. And there's your answer, youngsters. But you got to pay attention and you got to get smart. And unfortunately, they're not really able to do it in their college classes because they are being indoctrinated by liberals who won't tell them the truth. Meaning the professors and whatnot? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, college campuses are incubus for liberal indoctrination. And that's a huge problem in this country. But so many young people are forced into college when you know, they're, they're being told that they, no, don't, don't learn a trade. Don't learn something useful. Don't learn something logical. Don't even major in something useful or logical. Just go and learn about feelings and listen to your professors and don't question anything because then you're intolerant, you're racist, you're a bigot, blah, blah, blah. You've been labeled into a corner. Even young people that go to college that were raised conservative or raised to think and feel for themselves go to college and all of a sudden they come out with an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez sticker and a, a communist manifesto. So parents need to take some ownership of this as well. We got problems in this country. Hey, hey, what do you? What would you say to people that are like all inspired by you right now, and they're going to say, "I'm going to start saying what I believe," and then they start getting the hate and the shit talking and the negative comments? What would you say? How tell them how to handle those? No, if if you wouldn't take advice from somebody, then don't take their shit. That's how I would really tell you. I have so many haters. I have so many critics. I have so many people that call me so many names. I don't believe it. I don't buy into it. It doesn't bother me anymore. I have rhino thick skin. And if more people would learn to adopt a rhino thick skin, it wouldn't only help them politically, it would help them professionally and personally as well. I have learned to know who I am. I take no shit. 
I don't apologize when I'm not wrong. And that's why I'm sitting here in front of you today. That is why my career has lasted as long as it has. And that's why I'm just getting started because I refuse to buy into their mechanisms for silencing me and shaming me. I won't do it. And you know what? After a while, you start to laugh at it. People are like, oh, people said something mean to me. And I'm like, and why does that bother you? Does that, does that person know you? Does that person pay your bills or sleep in your bed at night? Then why the hell do you care? I don't. Yeah, even even if they do pay your bills and sleep in your bed at night, you still shouldn't care. Because again, to me, ultimately, if you if you end up kind of getting to know who you are and what you believe and you're proud of that and you and you actually like that, because a lot of people don't, they don't like themselves. That's when they're worried about other people's opinions validating their own. And that's where and that's where you get in real trouble, I think, as an individual. You know, I'll tell you, there's a lot of people following you, obviously, and watching you. I only see your career getting bigger. Um, I think, I think, uh, thankfully, you know, at least Fox says, hey, I'm not afraid of you um, or afraid of the haters. Because, again, when, when you used to be on, well, I forget the show. We won't even name it because you don't like them, I, I would imagine. Did you ever win that lawsuit? We settled. Okay, we good. settled. It was. Yeah, but again, yeah. I mean, like, dude, who's got the balls to 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 put people on the air that have a fucking opinion? You know what I mean? Like an opinion. Like I got this guy, Doctor. Yeah, people. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say people love authenticity. That's why I am where I am. And you know the reason why I am where I am, and not only that, the reason I have the following and the base that I have is because. I also don't just talk about politics. I'm a whole human being and I'm not afraid to show people what I do on the weekends. I'm not afraid to show people like, Oh no, I go out at night and I drink. Oh, I'm a whole person. Take it or leave it. I don't sit there and show you half my life. I show you all of it. And I show you the good times, the bad times, what I believe, how I feel. I show you relationships. I show you problems. I show you issues. I want especially young women to grow up with some confidence. And I want them to grow up to be authentically themselves and never back down and never play dead. I think they're going to be a whole lot happier if they do that. What's your drink of choice? You know, this weekend we had a great time in Fort Lauderdale drinking a little bit of Don Julio. And I got to say, once you go to Don Julio, you don't go back. 1942? Yeah, I'm a beer drinker as well. I'm a, just a red blooded American from the Midwest. So do you ever get shit face drunk or or are you always real responsible? (laughs) I'm fairly responsible. I really have no desire to get shit face drunk, to be honest with you, but I have fun with my friends. I'm just turned 28 years old. I have a good time. It's okay to not be so stiff all the time. It is okay to show people your whole life and be proud of your whole life and not feel like you have to be some rigid, confined human being. For too long, conservatives have been that as well. They've been this typical yacht club, young Republican type image. And we don't just exist that way. Conservatives come in a whole range of colors, whole range of ideas, genders, sexual orientations, everything. We are an entire group of people. We are not a monolith. We are not just the white rich kid that has got a sweater tied around their neck that goes to you know young Republicans meetings. We're a whole lot of different people. It's time we start acting like it and showing people that. Do you have? Do you have a, a, a boyfriend? <laughs> No, not currently. I don't want one though, to be honest with you. I thought I read somewhere that said that like you'd, you'd be, you'll never, something about you won't chase a a, a guy. You won't chase a guy. Talk about that for a minute. Well, I think it was about two weeks ago. I got a little upset at the way I was being treated by men and the way all my friends were being treated by men and really women in general, 
were being treated by men. And I'm actually going to reverse that. Not treated by men, treated by boys. So I did a PSA for boyish men. And a lot of people got really mad at that because they thought I was being a feminist. Well, hey, listen, if telling a dude that you need to step your shit up and you need to start acting like a man is a feminist, then I'm not sure they know what a feminist is. I'm definitely not a feminist, but I do, you know, I do hold people to a standard and I'm tired of the men in this country not acting like men. I'm tired of them acting like little boys. And for me, I won't, I won't chase a man. I'm not going to track anybody down because quite frankly, I don't need to. And that's not because I'm the greatest God's gift to earth. That's just because I have expectations, but I also know how to treat people in return. And a lot of my friends are the same way. A lot of people can't handle strong women. Not, it's not, all right. Yeah. Not everybody needs to. Well, not only that, I mean, you're also above average common sense and above average intelligence in my book. Because to me, a lot of this is common sense. I always tell people this is common sense. You know, beautiful women of any kind, of any age, do not literally, they literally have the advantage over men. Would you agree or disagree? I would think so if we would have a little bit more confidence. But for me, the problem right now that's going on in this dating game is men have been conditioned to be able to go on an app and swipe, swipe, swipe and find what they're looking for. And they don't value value. And that's a problem. They want to post something or be with somebody for the social media validation and the likes and the, the clout or living for other people, but they don't value value. And another part of the problem is, is that men, I call it the pussification of men. Men aren't men anymore. They're little boys. They don't know how to make plans. They don't know how to be, be good communicators. They don't know what they want. And they act like children. No woman wants to be with a child. I don't want to be somebody's nanny. I don't want to be someone's mother. I don't want to be someone's pen pal. Don't listen, babe. Period. Don't listen. Just joking. That's why I no, that's good. No, no, no. I I agree with you. I was playing. I was playing it a minute ago. But you're just again. Most people your age don't talk like this, Tommy. I'm trying to figure out where did you get it. Is your dad like the coolest son of a bitch ever? Is your mom and dad still together? Are they still alive? Yeah, my parents have been married for almost 40 years now. See? I have an only child. You know, my parents aren't as outspoken as I am. I mean, they they grew up with values that I grew up with, obviously, and they taught me those values. And they're very just middle-class, hardworking people. But they always told me that if you have an opinion, you articulate it well, you should never back down from it. And I have, I've always had this kind of insane confidence or just a lack of fear and just this relentless pursuit of what I'm after. And that's kind of just always how I've been. Yeah, but it's usually the opposite, meaning people, people from, I say, let's say 20 to 30, they have this chip almost in this confidence, but it's, it's for the dumbest shit. You know what I mean? Like they, they're the opposite. They, they, they pipe off, but they don't have any logic based in their shit. Like, like when I said to my, my daughter, you know, did Trump lower your taxes? Yeah. But, 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 and all the shit that they're talking just makes zero sense. No, no foundation of truth to it. What would you say to, to all of the 20 to 30 year olds that hate Trump? I would ask them why they hate Trump. And if they can give me three solid reasons, that's wonderful. And then I'll say, all right, you can hate Donald Trump. But if their reason is he's mean, or they say, well, he's a racist and they can't give me reasons why, or any of these just feelings that they have, these emotions that they have about the guy, if that is their logic and reasoning, that's not logic and reasoning. That's feelings, feelings. But so many people, the left, they don't operate on facts. 
they operate on feelings and unicorns and puffs of smoke. That's what they like. That's what they gravitate towards. Everything is just, how does it make me feel? It's not what's going to what's gonna pay my bills, what's going to be better for this country, what's going to protect and defend my neighborhood and my community. It's not any of those things. It's how does it make you feel? Yeah, or That's I'm, a problem. Or I need a psychiatrist because somebody got elected. What would you yeah, say? exactly. Well, that's the thing. That's that's this that's this delusional and intol- intolerance they have in their mind, and it's also just this self indulgence that, to me, is so repulsive. That liberals truly think that they have this moral high ground, and they think that any psychotic, demented thing that they do or say is somehow valid because they feel like they've got this superiority, this moral superiority that they gave themselves. And it's BS because we've seen that the most disgusting, intolerant people on the streets right now, well, most of them didn't vote for Donald Trump, I'll tell you that. I haven't seen a whole lot of conservatives looting the target, haven't seen a whole lot of conservatives burning down courthouses or this or that. See a whole lot of liberals out there doing it, though. Hey, listen, that's against the law. You know that? No, well, not in some of these places. You see the mayor of Portland and he says, oh, Trump shouldn't send in federal agents. We just want our city to burn to a crisp. Yeah, but that's that's where I start getting like vocal because listen, governor or or mayor, you're not the one that gets to decide. Like we've all decided these are the laws. The laws are already in place. Burning down town hall or or what'd you call it, courthouse, burning down shit, period, is against the law. You don't get to decide what all of a sudden is the law and what isn't the law. That shit's against the law. I have law enforcement officers. They're there to enforce the law, pandemic or none, okay, mask or no mask. You feel bad or you don't feel bad. Doesn't give a fucking... I start getting worked up over this because, again, who's the mayor to decide, sit down, police, or the governor, stand down, police, to allow that Portland shit or or the Seattle shit? Like, who... The law is the law. Enforce, Enforce the fucking law. You don't get to decide. You don't get to decide. Enforce the law. And when the law changes, go change it like we're supposed to change the law. When there's a new law, then you can enforce that law. But you don't get to decide what laws are enforceable and not enforceable. There was a there was a government, the government, the city of Seattle started destroying the park benches so people couldn't sit down during COVID. That's destruction of government property. That's against the fucking law. How come they're not in jail? How come no one holds them accountable? Oh, exactly. That's the twisted part of this country. And that's why I wish we saw a little bit more leadership from our president, especially on this issue. And it's a weird time. But talking about enforcing laws, well, they, they want to enforce many laws, especially in California, where I live. You can you know, leave your heroin needles. You can shoot up right in the middle of the street. But you know, right now, if that mask drops beneath your nose, they've got officers out there ready to write you a ticket. Oh, by the way, we're also a sanctuary state in California, so you can be an illegal immigrant living in the shadows. You can be a criminal illegal immigrant living in the shadows, and that's just fine. That's tolerant and lovely. But boy, don't you go to a closed beach that your tax dollars pay to fund and maintain. No, no, no. Then you're going to get written a ticket and you're going to be cited. That is the liberal logic. When I say liberalism is a disease, there you have it. Well, what about, what about shooting up? I hear in California and other places for that matter, they will give you the needle. So you, so you shoot up cleanly. Oh yeah. you got a needle exchange. Oh yeah. Look at San Francisco. No, no, no. no, no. That's That's against the law. Yeah. But that's against the fucking law. It's against the law. You don't get to decide. They pick and choose which laws they're going to enforce. Look at California. That's why I said California is a cautionary tale. 
And that's why the average decent person that's trying to live and work in California, that's why they're fleeing. They're getting the hell out. They don't want to be there anymore. You're going to see a mass exodus from California, New York, and all these other whack job places that pick and choose the laws that they're going to enforce. They infringe on people's rights, but then they allow lawlessness to run through the streets. People aren't going to deal with it anymore. But the problem is, like I told you earlier, those same people are going to say, I've had it with California and New York, and they're going to flee to Texas, Tennessee, Florida, Arizona, and then they're going to keep voting for the crap that destroyed their state. And that is where we're going to have a big problem. Have you been to San Francisco lately? I've been to San Francisco one time in my life, and I will never go back. How how recent? It was about a year ago, and it was repulsive. Did it smell like actual piss? Oh, yes. It does smell like piss. I saw, I mean, there's needles covering the ground. I'm in the middle of a really nice area staying at a very nice hotel there for work, there to do things for Fox actually to cover what's going on. And there, there was a, a luxury store that the window was smashed in. This is before people started looting, by the way. This was a year ago. Things smashed in, needles all over, druggies walking around with their privates hanging out on park benches. Disgusting. And that's the same with Portland, and it's the same with a lot of the things you see in Seattle as well, and Los Angeles. It's disgusting. That's what happens when you elect liberals. And let me tell you something. That's the truth. That's the truth. When I was there, it, t- it smelled like piss. There was human shit on the ground. There was bums everywhere. And this was a city that not too long ago I was in. It, it, it was a great city. It was fucking nice. And now all of a sudden it was just destroyed. I haven't been to Portland. I grew up in, in, in Oregon, but I haven't been to Portland. I can only see it on the news. I, I don't trust the news, so I don't know what's going on there. But I do know that people are breaking the law. And I do know that I don't believe whether you're governor or you're a mayor, you get to decide which law to uphold and which law not to uphold. So so I don't know if anyone listening can do anything, but I can promise you, you know, holding the the elected officials accountable is one thing we should be doing. I don't think your vote counts from a federal standpoint. I don't think it does. Why? Well, because there's an electoral college. There's only 538 people that actually fucking vote. And whether or not historically they've, they've, they've followed, you know, what the majority says or, you know, in other words, you may not even be able to admit that, or you just don't believe it. I don't think our votes count on a federal level, but I do at the local level. And more importantly is your local elections massively important. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. People forget that it starts at the local level and too many people sit out, especially when it's not a a presidential candidate on the ballot. They sit out, they don't pay attention. They did it in California where they voted themselves in a gas tax. They had a chance to repeal and they didn't. That just goes to show you that people are not paying attention because they don't think it matters. They don't think it affects them, but it does. If anything we've learned in the summer of 2020 and the spring of 2020, it's that this stuff impacts and affects every single American in this country. And there's no longer time to be blissfully ignorant and feel like it doesn't apply to you. And you just want to go on Instagram or make a freaking TikTok video. Start paying attention. This stuff matters. It's not real that, that immigrants that are not legally here, let's, let's call them people illegally here, they don't get to vote and shit, do they? <laughs> well... Depends on where you're at, because I'll tell you this. People tell me that illegal immigrants aren't voting in the state of California. I call a giant BS on that. Here's why. In California, we give driver's license to illegal immigrants. So we've already lowered that barrier there. We've already opened the door to fraud. But 
If you are in California and you're an illegal immigrant, you can get a driver's license. Once you go to the DMV, you are automatically put on the voter rolls. In fact, to get yourself off of the voter rolls, you have to opt out, not opt in, opt out. You're having illegal immigrants, many of whom don't speak English, and you're placing that on their shoulders to opt out of being registered to vote. But mind you, we also don't have voter ID laws. So you can show up and you can vote without an ID, but you can even get an ID if you are an illegal immigrant, but you have to opt out to make sure that you're not on the voter rolls. Now tell me illegal immigrants aren't voting. Who, who is making sure they don't vote? And also do you one better. Now we got mail-in voting. So now you can do the fraud from the comfort of your own freaking living room. Well, I, when I voted in California this last time during the midterms, I did not request a mail-in ballot. When I went to vote, they told me that I had requested a mail-in ballot. I said, no, no, I didn't. And they said, oh, okay, that's all right. You can vote here. So they had been told that I had a mail-in ballot. I didn't, but it got sent to me. But I also went and voted in person. So if I wanted to exploit the system and I wanted to be a fraudulent voter, I could have voted twice. And now I'm just hoping and praying that the government of California catches that. Now imagine that on a mass scale. And imagine that in every state in this country. And that's what we're going to have in November if we allow mail-in voting. Well, when you say allow, it's again, this is my this is the biggest confusion out of all this. It's like, who's allowing this shit? Like, I don't get it. When 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 these governors are breaking the law, they're breaking the law and no one's saying anything. This is my biggest problem with Trump. And by the way, I like Trump mainly because of what he's done and mainly because he's a businessman. I don't necessarily think he's the most presidential, you know, acting candidate in the world. Like I would, I would prefer someone a little bit more, um, you know, respectful and distinguished. But then again, dude, everyone's got their fallacy or their, their, uh, their problems. I, I do like Trump. Uh, I definitely would vote for Trump if I thought it mattered. Um, but I, I will tell everybody obviously that I am for Trump until there's another choice, but it's definitely not a politician. See, I don't hate, um, actually I do. I don't, I don't want a politician. What, what do you feel the politicians are doing about all of the backroom deals and shit? Like, don't you think if we just got rid of all the politicians and started new from fresh people that were never been in politics before that all the old boy networks would die? Well, it's up to us to do that. But the problem is, is a lot of people do come in with fresh ideas and they come in being a genuine, authentic person who wants to be in there to advocate for a change and do the right thing. Problem is they get into DC for a little bit, a little bit of time. And all of a sudden money talks, special interest talks, reelection talks, and all of a sudden, those great people, those fresh faces that you had, they're a member of the swamp. And we have just as many Republicans, rhinos, Republicans in name only, that are screwing us over as we have Democrats. And that's a thing I also take a big issue with. Mitt Romney, I'm talking to you. That's <laughs> that's a politician, though. That's what, that's what I'm talking about, Tommy. It's a politician. Okay, now, I remember you voted for or endorsed um, the one young dude. Uh, I forget his name. Um, who's the dude that was kind of a young, good looking dude? Um, what's his name uh, for president? Yeah. Marco Rubio. Yeah. Rubio, Rubio. What happened with Rubio? Like, like why'd you endorse well, him? So what during, does he think? Well, during the primary, um, when initially early on, uh, I thought that Marco Rubio might be our best chance. I thought he comes from an immigrant background. He's a little bit more, uh, relatable to a lot of people in this country. And I liked a lot of the ideas that he had. 
So I thought that he was our best chance to beat Hillary Clinton. Then we watched everything continue on and we watched, but by the way, I thought he was the best chance to beat Hillary, but I've, I like what Donald Trump was saying far more. When Donald Trump came down that elevator and he stood there on that stage and he said, enough with this BS with Iran, enough with letting legal immigrants take over our country. They're not letting their best people in. Enough with these bad trade deals. People that are making our deals are stupid. When our president went out and he said all those things, I was yes, 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 yes. I was concerned with his demeanor if it would be able to take on a Hillary Clinton. But the further we got along in the process, I realized this is the only man they can take down Hillary Clinton because this is the only man that refuses to apologize. That tape comes out, the grabber by the, we all know. Instead of this president cowering in the corner, he goes, yeah, I said it. Locker room talk. And he doubled down and he said, I said it. You know, that's something I said. It is what it is. Instead of trying to mangle and finagle and all that. That's why, because he's not a politician. He's like, what does it have to do with the way I'm going to put America first? Nothing. Let's move on. That's my president. Yeah, plus old Clinton got a blowjob. And by the way, nothing wrong with that either. <clears throat> like, you know, I didn't blame I didn't blame Clinton for that. Like, dude, he's a dude and some chick trying to get up the the the, the ladder might have made him an offer and he was weak and said yes. What's the problem? Not just because not, not well, I just, think the problem was that he lied, but I think there's a lot more things with Bill Clinton and you know, his uh, Epstein Island logs that Again, if it had been anywhere near President Trump or any conservative, it would be a lot different. But you got the Clinton Crime Network that's uh, a well-oiled machine. So none of that stuff will ever come back to bite them. Are you allowed to talk seen, about but that? But luckily. Are you allowed to talk about that? that? Are you allowed to talk about the you know, I don't, crime family? I don't have a ton of opinions on it. Just I obviously, <laughs> I think something happened. I don't think that Epstein killed himself. I, I do think that there's think a lot of dead? people in high places that are making sure that. What's that? Do you think he's dead? Oh, I think he's dead. Did you see? I just did don't you? Think he killed himself. Again, I'm not into conspiracies either, Tommy. I trust me. I'm not a. I'm not a conspiracy nut. But if you place his picture in the picture of the dead person, they, they've got different noses. They're just not the same person. Now that could be doctored. I don't know because I don't trust the media. I don't trust social media. Right. I don't trust anything that's out on the internet. Why? Well, because dude, someone can be controlling that. You see the. You right. see the picture of Trump kissing Jeffrey Epstein. I, I thought that was real when I saw it, and I said, "Oh, see how come you know how come no one's freaking out over this, right. dude? That was a that was a Photoshop picture, and it could be for us or against yep. us. So I don't judge, but but I don't understand how we can fix anything. That's what discourages me. What would you say to that? Like you you seem so fired up. Maybe it's because you're young and you just haven't been smacked enough times to realize shit. We're barking up the wrong tree. There's nothing we can do but ride this bullshit out. You just keep fighting. You know, but I'll tell you this." It, I understand how people can can feel this way, but I guess I have such a love of country that I look at our history and I look at the people that built this country who could have easily said, there's nothing we can do, guys. We're going to be under the thumb of the colonial rule and this is how we're going to be. But that's not how Americans act and that's not how Americans feel. We rise up. We say enough is enough. You push us to our limit and we will come out and we will fight. And you saw it after September 11th as well. You saw this country come together and say, we're not taking this. We're going to fight back. You saw it again in 2016 where the silent majority and the forgotten Americans stood up and said, enough of this. We can do it again. We just have to keep that love of country in our hearts and remember who the hell we are and start acting like Americans. And conservatives, stop acting like you're terrified of everything. That the worst thing that can happen to you is someone can call you a damn name. Because trust me, we descend into socialism and then we descend into communism. That's the worst thing that can happen to you. Not being called a name on Instagram. So 
stand up, speak up, and stop being such snowflakes. This is enough. I love that. Tommy, I could sit there and talk to you all day. I wish, I wish again, we could get into the nitty gritty. Cause again, to me, I, I think there's some backward, I, I think there's some shit going on. I know because your affiliations, you're not allowed to kind of say a lot of things that you probably would want to. I think, I don't think COVID's fake. I think it's serious. I think it's real. And I think people are dying. I think it's being used. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a scam. Now, again, I don't, think it's fake i think it's very real i I, i've met people that supposedly had family members actually get it and die so i think it's real i think it's i think it's being used i don't understand why why more people don't stand up and hold people accountable i love what you're out there doing and saying is that what your book's about never play dead how the truth makes you unstoppable so that book came out over a year ago so that was pre all this stuff but you know really what that book is about is some of the things i've been through but it is kind of a tool book for people who want to find their confidence personally and professionally especially young women young conservative women it's really kind of just women in general it's geared more towards women but it's just some of the things that i've been through how i got to be the way that i am a lot of my backstory but the premise of never play dead is like I told you, I don't apologize when I know I'm not wrong. I don't, I don't back down. I am okay with being hated by liberals, conservatives, and whoever else, because that means I'm an independent thinker. And I want to teach more people how to be that way and how I got this way and how I have this confidence, not just politically, but personally and professionally. And this book teaches you how to do it. And cold beer apparel, is that, is that yours? <laughs> no, actually, it's just me fighting for our local national bars here. So we came out with a shirt to benefit some of our, our bars here that have been uh, destroyed and, and flattened by our tyrannical mayor and his restrictions. And a lot of the people in those bars that are suffering right now, a lot of our local musicians who aren't getting able to being able to play, being able to make a living, get their content out of there. So I moved to Nashville not that long ago, but I'm going to support this city. I'm going to support the business owners of this city. And if I can do it with a cute shirt and help kind of drive some people to go on and support local Nashville, that's what I'm going to do. Folks, go get cold beer apparel. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cold beer apparel. Talk shit, get hit. Is that the number one? Is that the, is that the <laughs> only one or is that, or is that the main one? That's our, that's our main one right now. We just launched that about a week ago. And to me, that, that saying there, it's, it's a very um, aggressive saying. But it's one of those things that I hope inspires conservatives and just all people to stand up, speak up and stop being such a baby. And folks, I wish I could be turning you on to Tommy, meaning like you didn't know who she was till now. I highly doubt that's that's the case. You probably already knew who she was. Hopefully now you understand why she's like she is. I love what you're doing. Obviously, I think you uh, I think you're going to get bigger and bigger. Number one, only because of your authenticity. People are missing that shit. You know, it, people are missing that shit. The only thing that scares me, Tommy, honestly, is is who owns the media. And when I say media, you say big tech. To me, it's the same thing. Social media, Instagram, that is that is TV nowadays. Like Instagram is TV, is media. It's the media. Now, whether it's big tech or media, when I say media, that's what I mean. Television, movies, Hollywood, social media. If they if 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 five companies own all of those and they're all on this left with the Zuckerbergs and the and the fucking Bezoses, Bill Gates, like isn't that scary shit? Very. It's terrifying. That's why I said 
breaking up these big tech companies, holding them accountable, making them be more transparent about their algorithms, what they're doing to silence conservatives. That is a must. That is definitely a government function, because as you said, those who control the information control this country. So uh, I hope our president takes that to task, especially uh, right after he's reelected, which I'm still very confident is going to happen. I want to see you post some more shit. Tag Trump. You know he's listening to you. The other day I, I saw him retweet something James Wood tweeted. James Woods? Yeah, I think it's James Woods. Anyway, you know he's listening. You know he's on he's on that social media. So do your part and just keep doing what you do, Tommy. You're a, you're a freaking hero to some of those people that are not willing to speak up. So I appreciate you and I thank you for that. Also, yeah, always we all have to do it though. Dude, we might even be neighbors. Again, my wife and I are looking to to get a place down in Nashville. Not not for any particular reason other than it's, you know, kick ass. How how are you liking it all together? Good? Nashville's a great place to be. Is it weird? It's it's a wonderful town. It's creative, it's fun, but it's still the south. People are nice here. We've got just a lot of natural beauty in Nashville, and I think that you guys would love it. It's a great place for a family as well. How about the humidity? It's not too bad. I mean, it's not Las Vegas, that's for sure. <laughs> but it's you know, it's not too bad. I lived in Dallas. It's manageable. It's tolerable. Uh, coming from California, obviously, it's a lot more humid here, and it's hot during the summers. But nothing that we can't handle. You're used to heat. You're used to Vegas. It's just a different kind of heat, right? Why did you pick Nashville? A lot of stuff's moving to Nashville. Nashville's going to be a big hub. Same with Dallas, Texas. But people are leaving the coasts, and they're coming down south, and they're going to the middle. They want to get rid of this tyranny. They want to have more freedom. And they're coming to places like this. This is a real creative spot. It's a great centrally located spot, and it's the south. And I, even though I'm from the north, I really love the south, and I really love what it stands for and the people here. It's just a great place to be. Amen. God bless America. Tommy, I appreciate you spending time with us today. Folks, go follow her at Tommy Laren, T-O-M-I-L-A-H-R-E-N. And if I can help you in any way, shape, or form, reach out, Tommy. I'd love to help you, whether it's donating to a cause or, or helping. Let me know how to help. Because again, I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't want to sound like the rest of these clowns that are like, you know, I don't know what to do, so I just don't do anything. I just really don't know what to do. I always think, man, standing on a street corner with a sign that says, blah, 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 that really doesn't do shit. And I'm, and I have an extreme level of common sense. And to me, it's like, if I'm going to stand all day just to hold a sign, that doesn't do right. anything. I don't want to stand all day and do shit. But if I can help, if you, if you know of ways I can help, whether it's, you know, introductions, tweeting, donating, whatever it is, reach out to me because I definitely want to make sure I support your agenda and America. Like again, and Trump, and or any non-politician uh, candidate. Uh, to to me, if if Trump, um, you know, does the next four years like he does this 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 last one, I'd be I'd be honored to call him president. And I think a lot of people will. Um, if you're not voting for for Trump, folks, I want you to follow Tommy for a little while and and listen to what she says and go do some research. So hopefully by November fourth. You know, we have a, a shot in hell, which I think we do too. I mean, again, if you ask me, I'd bet anybody Trump's winning by a landslide. I don't think there's as many dumbasses out there as you think. Honestly, I think there's amen a, to that. Let's let's hope that's true, <laughs> dude. It can't be who nobody wants the, to defund the police. I don't know who's doing it. I don't know what commissioners or how it works, but like, who has to vote? Because it ain't the people. 
Nobody's asking me if I want to defund the police. It's happening in fucking city meetings and council uh, uh, yep. town halls and shit. There's there's senators or district. I don't even know. That's that's how s- stupid I am when it comes to politics. But if I can help, make sure you reach out. Will you do that? I will. Well, using your platform to educate people, that's a big part of it. So it's really incumbent upon people like you and I who do have a platform and ability to speak to people. That's half the battle right there is just getting some some more voices out there and getting some more people to listen, pay attention, and hopefully emulate that in some way in their own life. Well, awesome. I appreciate you spending an hour with me, folks. As again, share this out. Someone that you know might need to hear this. And until next time, keep it real. This is Dropping Bombs with The Real Bradley. Subscribe at DroppingBombs.com.